Hello, and welcome to the Half-Blind Hecklers, episode 100. Yeah! 100! Woo-woo! Choo-choo, <laughs> mother... <laughs> Whoa, I did not go mother trucker. Mother trucker. Oh, no. <laughs> but yes, it is episode 100, and we are glad to still be here with you. And, of course, today, it is myself, the half-blind one, and the one who can see, who is, of course, right above me. Danny, how you doing today? Up, man? Uh, I'm tired, man. 100 episodes? That takes a long time. I am exhausted. My goodness. You're but exhausted. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exhausted. You've been involved in be maybe up. like 45. Those were exhausting 45 I've been in like 99 episodes. <laughs> actually, more than 100 episodes because I did a couple like 0.5 episodes. So right, I've right. been in more than 100 episodes. But, so, but to be fair, I've also been involved in a lot of other stuff, including a lot of the interviews and, and a lot of getter specials yeah. and all that, and a lot of additional content. So I'm like, I'm no, I'm no slouch. I'm, you I'm get the admitted. street cred. You get the street cred. I'll give it to you. I'll yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I got. <laughs> I got. I'm Mexican. Yes, yeah. <laughs> sir. Can I have another taco? Exactly. On a stick? <laughs> on a, I don't know where you went with that. Why was that on a stick? Tacos aren't served on sticks. <laughs> you have done him, man. Come on. Like jalapeno on it. The cocaine has gone to his brain. I don't know thing no cocaine. But <laughs> I drink is white powder. It's just white powder oh, makes me very happy. <laughs> exactly. So we have a bunch of things to talk about today, ranging from global inflation and economic collapse to sex elective abortion and the Fauci emails. And then and, Alberta's medical detail and the collapse of the uh, the, re- the any any remaining cred for our of the Alberta, Alberta leadership. Yep. Yeah, basically. I'm so looking feel to the one. doom and gloom because it's here. It's coming. So yes. starting right in, global inflation hits highest level since 2008. OECD says rising that energy. Bad. It does sound bad. Rising energy That's prices really pushed annual inflation across the 36 members of the OECD to 3.3% in April, the fastest, fastest pace since October 2008. That's compared with an increase of 2.4% in March. Even excluding food and energy would tend to be more volatile. Prices across the world surged in April, the Paris-based organization said, jumping 2.4% in April compared to 1.8% in March. The sudden rise in inflation has unsettled investors, particularly as the Biden administration pushes forward with a $6 trillion budget proposal that some experts worry could push prices even higher. Market worries surrounding high and accelerating inflation. Printing more money. Exactly. Surrounding high and accelerating inflation stem from the risk that pent-up demand, strong fiscal stimulus, and the Fed's commitment to keep policy rates on hold will cause overheating, Moody's Analytics said in a note to investors this week. So yeah, this is like we knew this was coming. This it's kind of gonna be like the theme of this episode. It's like, yeah, we told you so. Why didn't you listen, you dinguses? This we are is what going happens when you Rand Paul. We are going full Rand Paul here. Told oh, you. All hail Rand Paul. All hail Rand Paul. <laughs> Rand Paul, we're not worthy. We're I know, especially when he talks guy. to Dr. Anthony that guy's a freaking rock star. Oh, he's so good. Ugh. The times that he's interrogated, like you know, like falsy, it's it's been glorious. Falsy, you just sit there. Just... Falsy, falsy, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> falsy, not false. Uh, falsy. I love it. Right? I love it. Yeah? Well done. It's well great. Done. It's great. Right. Yeah, thank you. That's not mine. I actually caught. I borrowed it from other people, but I loved it. So 
Uh, yeah, good. you just get like a bag of popcorn, like you know, like a nice cup of hot cocoa, and you just enjoy watching like like Fauci, Fauci on the, the on the grill sheet. You're just like you're just like go more more. You got him on the ropes. Yes, take him down. It's so great. Oh, it's like, it's wondrous. Like like this doctor gets a pass by just about everybody, and it's so nice. Like it's not like I'm I'm not reveling in like the misfortune of somebody i'm just i'm glad that somebody is finally holding him accountable. Uh, holding him to account yeah. yes and that's the thing it's not like you know oh yeah he's getting his he's getting his justice search i'm like that's that's actually not a yeah that's not a that's not even a good christian moral you're actually told not to do that but the, the the thing i am glad about is like i'm so glad that they're finally being held accountable somebody's finally uh you know making a point to say like no this is not okay we need yeah. to like address this, and I'm like, yeah, it's so great when I see that. Yeah, like I kind of switching back to financial aspects because, of course, we're okay. bringing this back. And if okay. you don't know the comparison, Rand Paul is a famous libertarian down in the states, and of course, libertarians, uh, okay. because I sort of am one. Libertarians want small okay. governments, minimal government spending, and for the government to focus on a few predominant goals, such as protecting life, liberty, and property. So ex exorbitant yeah. government spending is not that bad mm -hmm. so bad. all of this exorbitant government spending that's happened not just in the united states it's also happened here in canada is something that we kind God. of do the the finger like shame 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 on you there was a recent report and we can link in the description that in canada the coronavirus relief expenditures totaled over 600 billion in the past year it was ridiculous and that's insane yeah, like, I think there was like some, some, things, some reports that were saying, like, weren't there reports saying that, like, under the Trudeau government, the Trudeau government has spent or had, had accumulated more debt than every other, like, government combined, like, Pretty all much, the way yeah. going back to, like, the beginning of Canada or something like that. It was like, it was something insane like that. Well, and, I do know, I do know yeah. that the debt that the Canadian government had accumulated was under one trillion prior to 2015. I think it had increased from about 400 to 650. Like it had gone up insane figures. Like because during the 2008 recession, every government in the world pretty much had to was increasing their debt to GDP. You know, they're increasing their total debt. And I know that in terms of the rest, Canada compared to the rest of the G8, Canada increased its debt by the smallest ratio or the smallest percentage i think most other nations doubled or more their national debt yeah whereas canada's only went up by 60 percent so yay stephen harper we miss him so yeah an economy major like huh. talk about getting the right credentials for prime minister huh? yeah. like who talk about a drama teacher wouldn't know how to do what they do with money a snowboard instructor Give him twenty billion dollars and see him go. Hey, hey, <laughs> Mr. Trudeau, here's a here's a credit card with no limit. We sure yeah. we, we we know you'll be responsible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Ferrari, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. Oh, but, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, go for it. Here, here, okay, now one one more thing is that okay. So yes, like there's all, all these problems. We're we're increasing our debt. We're increasing our uh like like all these things like just out of control spending but the one thing i'm i i'm 
kind of keeping an eye out because I'm waiting for like when this happens is like right now that the interest rates are really low and they have been for a long time. So like, and I know I've seen debate on this, like what happens when these interest rates shoot up? Because they will eventually, they're not going to like stay low forever. It's like suddenly a, a slightly manageable debt becomes completely and totally unmanageable. It's kind of like that, that, that movie. Yeah, it's like that movie Big Short where like, you know, people who were on those kind of like, uh, you know, teaser deals, they can afford the, the low rates, but suddenly when the rates go up, they, they suddenly can't afford them anymore because, yep. you know, they can only afford the cheap, cheap rates. So I'm, I'm watching for that. I don't know when that'll happen, but that's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, like I, I talked about briefly about how, like, because of all these hacks that have happened, like there's been really, there's been a lot of skepticism in terms of are the commodities that we have reliable? Will there be a, a reliable and solid supply? Of these goods and services and now it's not only a question of that now it's the question of reliability of sources of food and gas and all these other things but it's also reliability of how much is my dollar going to be worth mm-hmm. like i did some quick checking before the show started 50 years ago in 1970 how about i'll, I'll give it to the i'll give this to you daddy how much do you think an average car cost in 1970? 1970, the actual price? Yeah, new car, average uh, cost. 1970, based on inflation rates. Okay, I'm going to say like a, I don't know, $20,000 car back in 1970 would have probably been maybe 5000 Reasonably close. It was about $3,600. Okay. Yeah. And I think the average income back in 1970, the average salary was about Mm 10,000. Per year? Yeah, per year. Mm -hmm. So like even in 50 years, we've seen our, the inflation of currency go up substantially Mm -hmm. and the value of our dollars has gone down. And of course, with the insane amount of spending that the governments have been doing, it's only going to increase more. Like, I don't want to be this financial guru and be like, this is what you should invest in, because I know nothing about that. My dad knows about that because he's an options trader. <laughs> That's why I give him my money to invest, because he gives me a guaranteed rate of return, and it's fantastic. But, like, if people continue working, like, at what point do we say, okay, like I can't work these jobs because unless my wages increase substantially, I can't afford to live. And like, this is something that's continually a problem. Like the increase in the inflation of currency is something that governments are responsible for. And our governments have been exceptionally negligent in this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to lead, likely, to some sort of inevitable economic collapse. Mm-hmm. Along with societal collapse. Yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, I think chat. <laughs> chat yeah. <laughs> I think my, my, my roommate Chad um, has really talked about this. The idea of the, the currency is nowhere near as solid as we like to think. We just think it's solid because it's, all, it's, it's been there most of our lives. 
And so we're like, okay, yeah, well, it's always been there. It's always been somewhat reliable, but we don't realize the, the, the kind of overhanging issues that are going on. Like, for example, one of the things he says is that like currencies, like particularly in North America, and I think another place in the world is the same. We're no longer, we don't longer have the gold standard. We're no longer like, you know, like money is no longer uh, tied to the dollar to, to gold, which made it very stable. Now it's just, you know, like it's whatever we want it to be. And then secondly, is that um, uh, like inflation, uh, if it's uncontrolled, it can go way faster than natural than than the natural progression of your money. So like like I was I was looking at a video talking about like, you know, what happened in Germany when like during the 19 uh, uh, like yeah. early 1930s, like late 1920s after the stock market crash. Germany had reparations to pay, and they they, they thought we're going to just start printing more money, yeah. and that will solve the currency like, the was devalued to the point of disgust. And and there's it, this is happening countries all over the world. Like oh, yeah. I think it was like Nigeria had a problem with that, and like all sorts of countries that they tried printing money and that devalued their money so much that you have to pay like millions of their currency to afford like the basic things or something like that. Venezuela, I think also had this problem. Zimbabwe. Their too. money was paid. Yeah. Like their money was so worthless that people were actually taking money and making like, you know, crafts paper, or yeah, paper cranes because yeah. it was more worthwhile yeah. to make crafts and arts and crafts with their money than to actually use it to yeah. buy things. Yeah. My favorite one was like that in like place of Venezuela where a lot of products were hard to get, like it actually Using like, one, money was a paper. running joke that, yeah, yeah, because like it's like, well, toilet paper was basically impossible to find, so money became a really good toilet paper. <laughs> it's yeah. like, hmm. but all that <laughs> courage is good for it. So these are all these are all things that are and happening, and we don't realize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like one thing I wondered, Stephen, maybe you can, I don't know, maybe you can weigh in on this a little bit. Obviously, there's like that that we we mentioned it before that whole like supposed plan for how they're going to, you know, uh, you know, like do COVID like that, that supposed like liberal leak from last year sometime. COVID-21. They mentioned, yeah, yeah, COVID-21. One thing they mentioned is the idea that the IMF, the internet, not, mm-hmm. not the, uh, Tom, Monetary not, Fund? Not, yeah, not the Tom Cruise, uh, you know, organization. Impossible that people, mission. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's just such a similar. stupid was, name. I know. I know. <laughs> so, um, one one thing that was said in that document was that apparently, like the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is going to like essentially bail these countries out, and so they're told that you can just spend extravagantly because we're basically going to come in and kind of restructure we'll your, your tires, like you know, yeah, yeah. And so I, I mean, that's just complete conjecture. There's no, I, I can't actually base that on anything, but. Like it's it's the only thing that would make sense to me at this point. I haven't heard any alternative theory that would make sense. Why on earth would a government like the Trudeau government spend so outrageously without any real fear of the consequence? I'm like, they're they're not stupid. Like I don't think that they're good people, and I think that they're up to no good. But they're not stupid, and they're doing. No. They're, there's something behind this wild spending. And so Shady I don't know. I, I mean, if you guys have ideas, feel free to send them to me because, or to, to the yep. post them on the comments. But I, I genuinely have no idea how this works because, like, you if you are. You're going to create with that. <laughs> I'm going to get well, some really interesting people talking to you in the comments. I, I'm genuinely <laughs> wondering, like, how can you make this, how can you make this work? Because 
I mean, if I if I just decided to get a credit card with like a ridiculously high limit and just spend myself like crazy, I mean, I, people would be like, "Yeah, what are you doing? That you're, you're creating a massive debt that you'll never be able, never to, be able to, to pay off." To pay off. So either I'm I'm an idiot or there's some other thing behind it, you know. Yeah, and as that. much as I I know people like to say that Trudeau's an idiot, he, he's yeah he, he's. I don't think he's an idiot. He can be deceptively intelligent. He what it, yeah, he can. So, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but it seems odd. It does seem odd. Speaking of things that yeah. seemed odd, which have now been confirmed, let's talk about the Fauci emails. <laughs> so what the Fauci I saw this one reveal. this one meme. Thing, yep. Where they put like this like uh, this giant like you know cruise ship and his little tiny little boat underneath, and the boat had the label um watergate and then on top of the uh cruiser it said like fauci gate and i was like hmm, that gives you a little context about the scale of how big this thing is supposed to be i don't know if it's yeah. accurate but it sounds pretty good yeah so this is this is some really big news and a lot of it's really interesting how there's the conservative take and there's the liberal take the liberal take is like oh like this reveals how wonderful anthony fauci is and the conservative take is like we told you so, you idiots. <laughs> so thousands of emails involving Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the NIAID, and Dr. Francis Collins, the head of NIH, have been released due to freedom of information requests. Thousands of pages in all, some of them heavily redacted, are available at BuzzFeed, and they are somewhat of a Rorschach test. Having recently written The Fall of Anthony Fauci, I read many of these emails and thought they were rather damning of the man in our response, but clearly the Washington Post, as I said, the difference between the conservative and liberal response, sees in him a man who is simply overwhelmed by what's unfolding around him, and he works around the clock to keep the information flowing. So these are several major concepts which were revealed from these emails that were leaked. So do we have any clues of the lab leak in this document? Well, yes, we have evidence that can be interpreted in a number of ways. For example, there was an email from Christian G. Anderson looking for clues to the outbreak that doesn't rule out a lab leak. And then on February on February 2nd, there was an exchange of emails between Fauci and Collins, references a Zero Hedge article since sensationally hyping fears that insertion of HIV show that COVID-19 is an artificially created bioweapon. He asked to take the conversation to a phone call, potentially maybe because it couldn't be a phone call doesn't have to be uh, recorded. It's hard to get phone calls in a freedom of information. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in February 17th, uh, there was a link to a Fox News story on the idea of a lab leak. His response was entirely redacted. The subject line is conspiracy gains momentum, suggesting perhaps that both men were treating such things as such. But other emails in which this theory came up show a desire of other participants to take the conversation off email and into phone calls. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, um, so, so something I, I think it should be said about this. Um, um, if there was a big article that we we, we mentioned before, yes. uh, it was on Medium by this major major like you know science reporter, and two things that he brought up that I thought was interesting and will and will should give you some context for the story is there were two major publications that came out that everyone used as proof that the lab leak theory was completely and totally yeah. uh, like garbage. Like uh, one of them was from one of the guys that emailed Fauci that they, they highlighted here. Yeah. He like, He's the one that actually like 
headed up that that supposed publication. And the other one was uh, sponsored in a big way by another man that was also heavily involved. Both of these were garbage, and the guy exposed them. So what you see is an intentional and very purposeful effort to try to bury the or try to hide the lab leak, you know, like, you know, story. So this is like this would qualify. This could possibly qualify as a cover up. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in, in a very simple way, this could like and this is a cover up by one of the, 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 the most prestigious and highest officials in the United States covering up the, well, the, the, the idea highest of, of, paid a lab, official a in the United States. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, he was what? paid double what the president's paid. Oh no, they haven't officially they haven't officially changed that yet. Oh, well they haven't changed that. Okay. He's still the highest official, highest paid official in the United States government. Yeah. And and he also may be implicated by possibly committing perjury. Because in some of the some of the uh, the, the Senate hearings, yeah, like the the Rand Paul, like you know, like you know, grilling him. Completely exposed. He said comments that yeah, he said comments that could could actually qualify as perjury, you know, like yeah. straight up lying to the American people. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of like things that are making Fauci or Falsi basically a there's a there's a reason why he's under fire, because oh, yeah. there's some very serious uh, concerns here. At the very least, he should be fired. Um, you know, at the very most, he could he should be facing some criminal criminal charges. Oh yeah, this guy is potentially a criminal. Yep. Mm-hmm. So oh, going on to like the next, yep. Yeah, so that was about the lab leak theory, which kind of like, yeah. hmm, what did Fauci know? Did he know some of these things before it became exposed? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Then it talks about more emails. Um, so here's one where, and this is of course the Bernie's opinion, where I think the private record will make a difference in our understanding of events. On February fifth, Fauci sends an email advising against masks and gives the recommendation that the kind of mask you buy in a drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. This conclusion could only been could only have been bolstered as scientists converged on the conclusion that COVID-19 was aerosolized. This was consistent with statements that Fauci made in public, even on 60 Minutes, that masks might be actively harmful. Like, we, we know that Fauci made these statements. Like, he, we don't know about the ones that he made in private. We know about the ones that he made in public. He's like, no, the mask, the mask will give you the appearance of safety, but it won't actually protect you. And that, that was it's pretty just much security what he said. theater. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, and yeah. it was entirely, like, it was entirely theater. Like, you know, I, yeah. I'm very offended by you, you keep calling this theater. It is this, not theater. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you keep calling of... this theater, and it's not theater. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, of course, just, like, uh, he, yeah, he just... went back. And he said, oh, no, like, we were just trying to keep the masks for, like, health professionals. And it's like, but you said this to and your private friends. that's not a friends. good thing. Yeah, a you terrible thing to say. People. To that, say, that oh, a... like, if the masks yeah. actually work, the public health, like, the, the public health sector, those are the ones, or healthcare, like, we want to save those people. But if you're a layman, then it's okay if you die. But, of course, well, why wouldn't he tell his friends it's, it's like, okay. that masks are, like, the be-all, yeah, end-all it, of trying to protect you from COVID? It's like he yeah, knew that masks were ineffective, but he pushed it anyway. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to go one thing is like, I don't think it's a right now. I don't think it's 
it's not excusable that he lied to people. Like people yes. just glance over that. Public like, health oh, officials lying to people is like, a huge deal. Can, well, I'm like, you can protect supply by telling people that's what you want to do. It's like, hey, by the way, we want to we want to ensure that the, the, the majority of masks are prioritized for the healthcare workers. So if you don't need, like if you're not desperately needing a mask, please try not to buy them so we can get most mm-hmm. of the supply. People are reasonable. And, and I oh, would totally. like, be like, oh, okay, that makes sense, you know? But like, yeah. no, he's like, oh, we're just going to lie straight up. I'm just going to gonna lie because I'm people sure will buy that. whatever I say. Yeah. Uh, Oh, dumb, right? And of course, this is what we were talking about, where masks, advising the public masks couldn't help, only that they shouldn't buy them. You know, Sandy gave this advice, yada, yada. But, so on March 1st, he recommends the use of N95s while explaining that transmission is similar to influenza. The recommendation of N95s makes sense with his previous denigration of pharmacy-bought masks, and it follows on studies showing that some of the styles of masks worn properly could actually increase the spread of droplets, which we also covered that study a while back. We now we're going to skip over to talking about treatments. Uh, one of the most interesting exchanges comes from Dr. Josh Backen of Hebrew University, who became angry that Do- Fauci had been downplaying the use of cheap, well-tested antiviral drugs, such as chloroquine and ivermectin, to treat COVID-19. He sent an initial email proposing the logic behind these treatments, and then later sent the email again in a link. Again, below, a link to the study substantiating his claims with a curtly defiant, continue ignoring me. Fauci brushed him off, saying, you're not being ignored, and promised someone would look at his research. Mm-hmm. And he goes through and he talks about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And there was a third drug that he said. I'm not sure. Hard to pronounce, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, okay. Like, this doctor was advising Fauci to look into it, and Fauci's like, I'll look into it, I swear. <laughs> and it's like, okay, clearly you didn't. I was crossing my fingers at the time, yeah. so it doesn't crossing count. Crossing my fingers so it doesn't count. Yeah, like, this reveals a lot of what Dr. Fauci thought of people. Yep. Like, what he would say in public is very different to what he would say in private. Yep. What he would reveal in public is very different to what he would reveal in private. And a lot of these things he didn't want to be in an email, because an email can be easily traced. And then, of course, the backlash, yes, which was inevitable. Mm-hmm. So, this fact, so seven hours ago, Marjorie Taylor Greene's Fire Fauci Act gains co-sponsors after email dump. Representative Buddy Carter and Bob Good signed into fellow, onto fellow Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's legislation that would reduce the salary of Dr. Anthony Fauci, the leading infectious disease expert, quote-unquote, to zero. The release of thousands of Fauci emails ignited renewed criticism of Hearst's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and the early dismissal of the Wuhan Institute of Virology as the origin of the outbreak. Some legislators have called Fauci to be fired from his position as director of the National Institute of Virology, and Candace Owens, a conservative commentator, went so far as to advocate for his imprisonment. Yes! (laughs) He should be in jail. So Green is a longtime critic of Fauci. And has been advocating for his termination since December. In April, she introduced a bill with the House called the Fire Fauci Act, which didn't expressly call for his termination, but would reduce his salary from more than $400,000 to nothing. So, which basically would, instead of firing him, because firing, I think when you fire somebody who's in a position like that, you actually have to go through several subcommittees. But if you reduce his paycheck to zero, then he's basically forced to quit of his own volition. I'm like, yes, it's kind of like yes, a- you get it. 
<laughs> just kind of like an expedited way. Yeah, because the liberals and the Democrats... Well, I'm not making money. Like... Yeah, the liberals and Democrats will never agree to his firing. And Fauci mm-hmm. is basically saying whatever he can so that he will... Like, in the... I remember there was an email in this email dump that I read. And he's like, I don't like the popularity. I don't like being the focus of all this attention. It's like, sure you don't, you little liar. <laughs> it's like, then you wouldn't be constantly saying, we need to keep the math gun until 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think people love him because he's kind of like the, he's the talking head that everyone, everyone, um, you know, basically listens to. But yeah. like, this guy has had a pattern of like some very, very serious uh, like, you know, decisions and policies, like all the way back to like the 1990s and 80s and all that. This is yeah. this is a guy who has some very serious really problems longstanding. But he's all but he but he's also very similar. If you if you know if you're from Canada, you understand very clearly Justin Where's Trudeau should be in jail. There's a oh, there's, yeah. there are several things that he has done that under normal circumstances a regular person would probably be investigated by the uh, by the RCMP or other places, and he would be in jail. SNC Lavalin would be an example where he really should be in jail, but he's not because he's a Democrat darling, and oh, sorry, like a, a like a progressive a darling, liberal leftist, and darling, so he yeah. never, yeah, like he he never gets consequences for what he does. Same thing with uh, Anthony Fauci; he's a darling, and people love him. The Democrats love him. He's very useful to them. Uh, now, the big question is with with him, or like with with what happened. And this is the thing that I found really interesting is that that for a year we were told that not only like is the lab leak theory a a crazy over the top insane conspiracy theory that only like you know only insane people believe, but like uh, social media uh, was actively targeting anybody who dare mention this at all, and and the media was also like demonizing anybody who even there you know to, to raise this now they're all basically implicated because every media company that is now trying to they're just scrambling to to try to like spin this in a way that you know makes them look good and i remember i remember even hearing tim pool said that several of them are secretly uh uh retroactively like you know like uh either updating stories or uh, or putting in some kind some kind yeah. of like you know correction as a way of saving face. So, like, this is a good example of media that is dishonest, has no no desire for the truth, and that throws a, throws the conspiracy theory, like, you know, label out as a as a complete and total Hail Mary. So oh, if yeah. we can't trust them with, like, it's something like this, how can we trust them with anything else? Yeah. How do you know they're not lying to you about everything else? They've lost all credibility. Oh, yeah. They had any to begin with, but... Now, now it's no longer not. It's, 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 it's not no longer really a question. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, because yeah, people were questioned. Like, people, it was for a long time, especially when it came to the lab leak hypothesis or lab leak theory. Mm-hmm. It was if you believe the lab leak theory, then you're a conspiracy theorist and you're believing things that aren't true. And it's like, well, there's a lot of evidence that kind of shows that it might be true. And then now, of course, this past week alone. Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram are like, oh yeah, now if you say the coronavirus came from a lab, totally we're not going to bend you. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, we were saying this last summer, weren't we, Stephen? We well, yeah, like because we last summer there was an article, there was that video that of that scientist that Tucker interviewed, and YouTube took yep. down that video 
And like Fox yep. News got like this huge like, oh my gosh, how could you like interview this doctor and how could you say that like this came from a lab? And it's like, well, no, this yep. is fairly obvious that it probably did come from a lab because there's lots of things that we knew going in and there's yep. lots of things that they were clearly trying to cover up. Yep. And the same thing with like the hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin stuff. They were banning that hard. They were so aggressively mm-hmm. like banning and totally this, this, like, you know, just this discrediting anybody who would even, even, yeah. even suggest that they could be like, you know, effective treatments. But now yeah. it's like, it's now it's considered to be like, yeah, okay, maybe there's something to it. Even the FDA is now saying, okay, yeah, maybe we're not going to ban those anymore. Like it's, it's malpractice. Well, yeah, like, like, this kind I of mean, stuff is malpractice. You and I were talking about it a few weeks ago about how I think I forget who we were talking about it with about how the treatments were not used widely because if there was widely used treatments then they couldn't get emergency use authorization and yep. I've been talking for a long long time because people whenever I talk about hydroxychloroquine people say oh no hydroxychloroquine does not work look at all these studies that say it does not work and then you it look at these studies or something like that, yeah. well yeah you look at the study that says that it kills people and immediately it says redacted over the front of it because it was entirely falsified. <laughs> and then the other studies yeah. that try and say that hydroxychloroquine is ineffective don't follow the proper drug protocol, the proper regimen. It's like, oh, hydroxychloroquine yeah, they were, they were is ineffective. Oh, yeah, they were. It was a yeah, hit. That's an example of, of. Yeah, it's an example of when like the science community is hijacked in order to discredit something that they want to discredit. Like people think that these are like on like that that the scientific like research and all that is completely and totally on like, it can't be corrupted it's like nothing could be further from the truth like seriously yeah the scientific community is but like even the medical journals which up until a few years ago were highly reputable and highly scientific and highly dependable now even they're put into question and yeah, that it, really it, shakes they, the foundation of what we can trust in society that like they've but, had meetings where they like they've actually said that the pharmaceutical company companies have a incredible amount of sway over the these journals. Like it's, oh, yeah, it, there's yeah. a lot of things that you should be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of things that you should be concerned about, let's talk about China. <laughs> so China um, threatens nuclear war, expanding an arsenal in case of intense showdown with the United States. So the media mouthpiece for the Chinese Communist government touted the country's urgent goal to expand its arsenal of long-range nuclear missiles in anticipation of an intense showdown with the United States. Strategic containment of China is increasingly intensified. I would like to remind again that we have plenty of urgent tasks, but among the most important one is to rapidly increase the number of commissioned nuclear warheads. The strategic missiles that are capable to strike long-range and have high-risk survivability in the Chinese arsenal. And the number of warheads must reach the quantity that the U.S. that makes the United States elites shiver should they entertain the idea of engaging in a military confrontation with China. On this basis, we can calmly and actively manage divergences with Washington to avoid a minor incident sparking the war. U.S. hostility towards China is burning. We must use our strength and consequences that Washington cannot afford to bear if it takes risky moves to keep them sober. This... And you're wondering, it's like, oh, like, what is spawn? Like, this is a crazy reaction. Like, this is really serious. What is causing yep. us? The threat from the editor of the Global Times comes as President Biden orders the U.S. intelligence community to take another look at whether the coronavirus leaked from a Chinese lab. That's <laughs> what spawned them 
saying, if you look into us, there will be nuclear war. Are you serious? Investigate us and there will be nuclear war. That is insane. Yep. So Biden will announced. It, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so like imagine like a, a, good, a good analogy would be imagine like I come over to your house and like, oops, I, 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 I drop a glass on the floor and it breaks and all that. And I'm like, I'm like oh, dude, sorry about that. And you're like, hold on. I'm going to go get my shotgun. And I'm like, no. wait, what? What? Like, that's a little like out of scale <laughs> to mm. the thing. But that's kind of like the, you know, massive, like totally on. Un, un, um, well, it's it's yeah, not it's quite way a too fair, much of an reaction. It's more, I'd say a more apps comparison would be I prepare you some food, you say this food tastes off, like what'd you put in it and I return with a shotgun. <laughs> and you're like I'm gonna get my shotgun, I'm, you have I'm not five gonna question to get what out you of my put house. in the food? Exactly. Like Biden while <laughs> making the announcement blamed China's lack of transparency for hindering early investigations into the origins of coronavirus, which is claimed to have caused three point five million deaths. Back in early twenty twenty, stop stupid advertisement. When COVID emerged, I called for the CDC to get access to China to learn about the virus so we could fight it more effectively. The failure to get our inspectors on the ground in those early months will always hamper any investigation on the origin of COVID-19, he said. Which, of course, is not really true. That's not what Biden did. Biden said that any claims that it was linked to China was racism. So Biden is lying yeah, there. Course. But Trump did yeah. try and get investigative teams into China, and China stonewalled him. And now does the lab... I miss that guy. The lab leak, oh guy. yes, Donald Trump was good. Now that, of course, yeah. the lab leak theory is almost all but confirmed, people are like, okay, like, how did this get out? Like, was this actually manufactured? Like, and the Fauci emails are actually contributing to this. Where it's like, oh, like, was this actually, like, genetically engineered? And China's response to this. China's response in that, yeah, we want to investigate, like, how this virus came out. We want to investigate what the origins are. And what happens that caused it to be leaked from this institute? And China's yeah. reaction is to threaten nuclear war? Yeah. That screams yeah. saying, we're culpable. We did this yeah. on purpose, and we're trying to keep you from finding out. I'm not trying to say yeah. that, like, absolutely 100%. But that is the mm -hmm. only reaction that makes sense. Because yeah. if this was an accident, like they would never react like that. Yeah, it's like if imagine if like you know I'm 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 I don't know I'm a cop and I basically I have a friend and I'm like you know like oh yeah like so like our our buddy our buddy uh, Chad just like you know he's disappeared and we think he's been killed and all that and then I ask you like you know like just out of curiosity I just need to know like you know where like where were you last Saturday night and you have the explosion you're like how dare you like like you are know, you think accusing of me, me of murder ask me questions like that and all and I'm like. Well, I wasn't before, but like I am now. On, and you just storm off. Yeah, and I'll be yeah. like, okay, well, that that looks the intense suspicious. reaction. Uh, another thing is suspicious. Thing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, so one thing that that, sh that people should know is that um, okay, so it's 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 clearly not proven. It's not like a hundred percent, like like one hundred percent confirmed. But the evidence for the lab leak theory now is much stronger and much much more like you know. Like serious than any evidence for the suppo supposed the like, uh, market link. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like the evidence is now so strong in favor of lab leak theory that it's it's like the only reasonable 
conclusion would be that like it had to be it had to come from a lab. I mean, exactly. obviously you can't rule out the, the wild theory, but it's just now the evidence is making a making that a less tenable option, yep. which is why I think most of the media are now coming around, be like, okay, we can't pretend anymore that this is like a legitimate theory anymore. We're gonna have to jump on this to sound to, to maintain some credibility. Uh, so this is like people don't these media companies will not come around if they think they can pretend so that the alternative theory they'll get away with it. Yeah, they can't get away with it anymore, which so they're not honest. They're just yeah, they got no no choice now. Yeah. No. And the media in the past year have just exposed how dishonest they can be. Yeah. In almost every topic, from lockdowns to COVID to any everything in between. It is scary how much they're willing to fudge to push an ideological agenda. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but the thing that the thing that's also additional, just last last thing I'll say, yeah, is this has been a problem for for a long time. We've we've known about like the media lies have been going on for the last decade or like and more. Like, you know, this has always been a problem. Media's always lied, media's always lied. The problem is that this past year, social media has now taken a more aggressive approach at shutting down anything that's considered misinformation. That's the major difference, because before you could bypass the media and share things on social media and, you know, people would get informed and be like, oh, OK, that was a lie. Now, this is why this time in history is much more like uh, concerning, because now even the option of getting informed through like the non-media channels is is getting that that door is getting closed and now that we see that they're willing to lie it shows you like yeah there it's it's getting really really problematic so yeah that's why this is worse very very problematic yeah moving on to things that are problematic problematic yeah Called it. So, called it. <laughs> I know. I know. Majority of Aaron O'Toole's conservative caucus back bill seeking to ban select sex selective abortion. Majority of federal conservative caucus members back to bill banning sex selective abortion legislation. Some see as a step towards limiting access to abortion in Canada, despite leader Aaron O'Toole's avowed pro-abortion position. Almost seventy percent of the conservative caucus voted in favor of Bill C two three three a private member's bill put forth by MP Cathay Wagenshall Wednesday afternoon. There are 119 conservative MPs. Candace Bergen, the party's deputy leader, voted in favor of the bill, as did Andrew Scheer, O'Toole's predecessor. The bill never had a hope of passing with the governor of Le- governing liberals, NDP, and the Bloc Bequois opposing it, but it could pose a political problem for O'Toole, who courted social conservatives to win the party's top job, but has since moved the political center, moved to the political center in the upcoming election. So he's trying to be you, more appealing to the if you want a basic left. rundown of what sex selective abortion is, mm-hmm. it's basically where if the child is a specific gender, then they are much more likely to be aborted, namely girls. Yeah. And kill the, girl, kill the girl, girls. Yeah. And they get killed far more they get aborted far more likely than boys. And that's really terrible, of course. And a sex-selective abortion bill is exactly what it sounds like. It would ban abortions that are based on killing a child because of their gender. Nobody 
in the right mind should oppose this. Nobody. Especially considering how often it affects girls. And yet, not only did majority of caucus, the majority of parliaments in Canada did not support this bill, not even the entire member of the conservative wing of the government, only 70% of MPs in the conservative part of the government backed it. That's how stupid, that's how evil the Canadian government is. Sex-selective abortion, it's a no-brainer. In the United States, it's illegal. And like, I don't think anybody in the United States, oh yeah, as it should be. I don't think anybody in the United States, I don't think any Democrats opposes sex selective, like supports sex selective abortion. And yet the majority. I don't know. Okay, like there are some fringe members. But they they aren't publicly coming out and supporting sex selective abortion. Yeah, like don't forget too, like in, in the US, a lot of like, you know, liberal or like Democrats have. Like maybe not public, but they may they imply that they're not that they're not um, and particularly how they vote. They've implied that yeah, they're okay with like you know killing a baby even after it leaves the womb if there's an accidental delivery yeah. uh, in a, an abortion facility. They're, they're like yeah, that's cool. You know you can yeah. take care of that kid before it becomes a human. That's so serious problem, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the simple facts in Canada that we cannot pass a bill this commonplace this sensible is really really scary for the moral future of our country and of course things are kind of moving downhill in the states too like just this past week so this is an article from five hours ago we cannot stay silent texas valedictorian goes off script in graduation speech to protest new abortion law high school valedictorian from texas flipped the script on school officials by using her graduation speech to speak out against the state's newly signed law banning abortions as early as six weeks after conception. Paxton Smith had submitted an early, an entirely different speech on the effect of the media on young minds to school officials for the commitments of the ceremony. But Smith said it was important to use the moment to criticize a controversial abortion law signed by Governor Greg Abbott last month. I refuse to go to this platform when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights. She called the legislation a war on the rights of mothers, a war on the rights of your sisters, and a war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent, she told her graduating class. The interesting thing is she was not she was able to finish her speech without interruption. It's not unusual for school officials to intervene when a student deviates from an approved graduation speech. We've all seen this before. Like, we know that there was an example from a few years ago when a girl, like, the mic got cut off in the middle of her speech because she was talking about the gospel. There was a previous yep. example a few weeks ago of another valedictorian who wanted to share the gospel during her speech, and they're like, no. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I'm going to do it. If you give me the platform, I'm going to do it, and they chose a new valedictorian. Yeah. And the fact that they wouldn't it's even say, like, this is not okay. You can't be saying, oh, yes, we should be worshipping at the altar of abortion in your valedictorian speech is not appropriate for high school students. Yeah. It's, um... Most most universities in, in the states and, and and in Canada too, like in, in schools, they're run and almost like highly populated by by hardcore lefties. Yep. Um, and so like they they you know they, they the abortion like even here in the Calgary like if you if you don't know like much about Calgary, Calgary passed a law 
that was just insanely stupid and totally, absolutely, it's it's obviously targeting pro-life people entirely. What that what happened? A single incident of a pro-life, uh, you know, like activist outside of a school talking to kids about abortion. People got like, oh, this is bad, and they got really mad. And so, what did the city council do? They created something called bubble zones around schools, and this law was so insanely over the top that it, it, it wasn't even like they they weren't even trying to be like reasonable. It was like it actually even targeted like legitimate school activities because uh, there there's how how much they wanted to uh, ban pro-life anything. Like it, it basically made it so that you can't have any presentation, any even like a, a sign beyond a certain size outside of a school. And this was like every school in, in the entire city, uh, this this rule applies. It's it's that kind of like we want to completely and totally eliminate any any uh messaging that does not cheer and applaud abortion. So this is happening all over like locally and this is happening internationally it's like abortion is like a sacred right and a sacred thing and people are now trying to say like you can't even like you can't even like you know say it's bad now they celebrate it now they shout their abortions all yeah. this stuff so canada it's definitely like in the, in the u.s abortion like uh, pro-life is much more of a growing trend, then it's definitely moving in the right direction, which is awesome. It is moving in the right direction. Uh, there's a lot of support. It is. It's wonderful. In Canada, it's it's like maybe among a lot of like the like you know grassroots uh, level, it's it's doing it's doing okay. But in the government, it's not. And and the only way, the only effort that people are making that are able to make right now is there are groups like uh, I forget what the, the, the organization is called, but they're actually trying very hard. To, to promote and to elect pro-life MPs in the Conservative Party. Yep. And they're making a lot of headway. So, so far, they're getting more of them uh, to run. They're getting more of them promoted. They're getting more of them elected. And they're hoping that eventually, if they can get enough pro-life MPs to, to um, uh, you know, in, in the party, that they can, they can actually change the policy of the Conservative Party to actually make it possible for them to, you know, rule against abortion. The problem is that works really well with social conservatives all over Canada. It doesn't work well out east. The, the people out east in, um, in like, uh, in uh, urban uh, Ontario and in mm -hmm. Quebec and in the Maritimes, they hate they hate any anything related to like abortion, like to any any even the whiff sort of, that they're yeah. going to do anything to restrict anyway. abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, like most people don't know, like the like the story before sex selective abortions, that that's up to birth. If you find out, like, I don't know if you if you're an immigrant, you come to Canada and your wife is nine. It's like uh, eight, eight, and a half, eight and a half months pregnant. And you come here and you finally can get a test to see if it's a boy or girl. You can you can abort that that baby girl all the way up to like all, all the way up to birth. There are nope. no restrictions in Canada, mm -hmm. and you know that's that's the that's the extent of how bad abortion is in this country. We're one of the yep. worst countries on earth when it comes to abortion, by far, by far. Yeah.
Yeah. Speaking yeah. of something that we are the worst in in the world, or at least one of the worst, is got, in terms of government lockdowns. I, I'm going to have to train you a little bit more on uh, on how to do transitions. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to have to work on that. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, Questions go raised after Kenny, minister, seen dining on Sky Palace patio. Video. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to talk about the video. Shut down so this is a picture. So this is a few of Kenny. So that's Kenny and a few of his ministers, and they're all sitting clearly okay. at a table, and none of them are wearing masks. I can, I can point out some of them. Like, so like obviously, like uh, on the very like the, the one that you can only see the head, that's Kenny. Yeah, that's Kenny. Uh, above him, that's uh, Jason Nixon. A yep. lot of people thought that was Jeremy Nixon, but not. I, that's Jason Nixon. Yeah. Uh, to his left, the guy with the uh, kind of a kind of a crop shape. No, no, on the left, left, not, not right. Oh, this guy. The other guy on the very bottom left. Yeah, that guy? That That's Tyler Shandro. Okay, and yeah. there is another guy next to Kenny. I'm, I forget who the guy is. But these are the main, these are the big guys. These are the, the big, big names in the party. So just so you know. One of them is Travis Taves. Probably the guy on the right of uh, Jason uh, Kenny. My name is Mr. Travis Taves, Tyler Shandro, and a staff member. Okay. So... Unclear of the last one of those, yeah. But mm -hmm. moving on with the story, now we've analyzed this picture. Questions are being raised about whether the Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and three of his ministers broke pandemic rules, which they did, by dining on an outdoor patio yesterday, though the provincial government insists they did not. Pictures sent to CBC News by an anonymous <laughs> tipster show the Premier, along with Health Minister Tyler Shandro, Environment and Parks Minister Jason Nixon, and Finance Minister Travis Taves dining on the east side of the 11th floor of the Edmonton Federal Building. On Tuesday evening, the first day of the less stringent public health restrictions went into effect. One photo okay, shows. Okay, okay. I need people. to make a one 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 quick point here, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, if if you that that little thing that they wrote about, like the very beginning of that last paragraph. Yeah. They basically said that uh, right there it says pictures sent to CBC. No, no. Uh, at the very at the very first sentence of this paragraph. Go up. No, no, go up. Go oh, up, yes. By an anonymous picture sent to CBC News by an anonymous. Okay, okay, see, I want to point this out because people should should be recognized with this happening. These pictures were already like circulating the internet widely. Yes. What they did, this is CBC. CBC is basically trying to make give, give you the impression that, oh, look at us. We're breaking the story for you. We're we're like, you know, breaking yeah. like, you know, investigative journalism. It's like, no, they're not. They're give, they're using pictures that are already widely available all over the place. Uh -huh. So, just need to point that out. Okay, yeah. keep going. So, uh, apparently, according to CBC, the gathering was within the limits of the province's stage one reopening, according to Kenny spokesperson uh -huh. Jerrica Goodwin, which went into effect on Tuesday. Outdoor gathering restrictions increased from five to ten people. Outdoor gatherings increased from five to ten people, but dining on a patio, which is what this is. Is limited to yeah. three people if you're not of the same household. So four, unless four people. Well, no, four people if you're of the same household. Three people if you're of different households. I actually just checked the rules. I didn't hear that part. Okay. Yeah, because they wanted to make it so that you could have one more person if you were of the same household. So clearly this is against the rules. So clearly this is just more hypocrisy from the Kenny UCP government. Yeah. And they're just trying to explain and, it away. And, and, yeah, and and there like there's additional problems here. Like so, if you go back to the picture, uh, number one, they're they have more people that that they sh they should have. Two, they're they're not from the same household, but 
they they're also within six feet of each other. The rule is, if you're not from the same household, you have to be like you know six feet apart, right? Then additionally, if you're if you can't be more than six feet apart, you have to wear a mask. Then additionally, if you you can't you can't go from the outdoor, even if this is an outdoor inside. gathering, if you, you can't go, inside, go from you outdoors have to wear a mask. And, to inside and back, right? Yeah. And that there is constantly movement between the outside and inside, and this was constantly shown. So whether or not this is like a dining or whether this is an outdoor gathering, they're breaking both rules. And the yeah. problem is that the, the that they got busted hard. Mm. Now, like genuinely, do I think that this is a problem? Do I think that this should be something condemnable? Nope. Generally, commonsensically? No, I don't think there's any problem with this at all. I think if that this they is were fine touted. that people are like, you know, I, but they're they're the ones telling everyone you no. have to the follow these rules, the and, we, and they're shutting, yeah, and they're shutting down restaurants that are breaking these rules. They're shutting down businesses. They're calling them selfish. They're calling them rebels. They're calling them all sorts of things, and yet they themselves aren't doing them. This is very similar to what happened with Gavin Newsom. Gavin yep. Newsom also got busted like earlier, like last year, for. The exact same thing. Here's the rules. You can't eat inside. And then what happens? He has an entire dinner party inside this exclusive restaurant, gets busted, and then he's trying to like downplay the the thing. So again, I haven't met a person yet who doesn't think that this is like utter hypocrisy. Oh yeah. From like the federal government from our provincial government. Yeah. And then we talked about yeah, a brief so. response from the Alberta government. This was another response from Dina Henshaw who we all know yeah. and less than love. So this is Dina Henshaw responding to <laughs> frustration over photos of Kenny on patio. Yeah, Again, it's my job to make sure that people know the rules <laughs> and the the perspective in those photos. Again, I, I just simply can't say with certainty. Uh, so what is important, again, is for people to know what those rules are. And for all of us, to, this is a, a really critical time right now. And so I recognize that uh, there is frustration based on what appears to be the case in those photos. Um, and I understand that. Again, my job is to say that for all of us, the critical piece is that we are mindful of what those rules are and that two meters is required as a part of outdoor social gatherings. In this particular case, again, unfortunately, um, without having the opportunity to to really document that two meters, I'm not able to say with certainty. Uh, and so again, I want to really focus on my job, which is to look at how we in Alberta can keep each other safe, which is following the rules in place right now. My goodness. The, the, the she sounds like a is, lawyer. It, there's an out of there's an out of touchness there that oh, is clearly. so glaring. It's and so dumb. It, it's brutal. It's like she's She's like, well, like my job is to tell you how you're supposed to behave. Like, okay, well, what were they behaving? It's like, well, I can't really tell. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I can't really have the opportunity. I'm like, why not? You work with these people face to face regularly. How is it that you can't actually look into this? Do you have eyeballs? Can you see a picture and see that they're not breaking these rules? It's 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 absolute. This is like this is political theater right here. Mm -hmm. This is like the the doctor and and the thing is like this answer and the one that she had like before that she had like a longer little spiel before this the whole thing was that oh 
yeah, follow the rules. Um, follow the rules and uh, also follow the rules. And then like, oh yeah, um, I can't tell if what they did was right or wrong, but follow the rules. It's it, it, that that kind of answer does not satisfy people. It shouldn't satisfy no, anyone. That is not an honest answer. That is not an intellectually honest answer. It is her downplaying and telling you you're stupid and you're and you're like you know you 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 can't possibly understand. Do as you're told, and I don't have to tell you like you know it's not my job to find out if our government is if our, our government leaders did the right thing or not. It's this is why people are having a tough time trusting you because you can't even be honest. Like they're clearly caught with their pants down like neither kenny nor any of these other uh folks have have made a statement in response because they know they screwed up they know they're busted and i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this all plays out because i legitimately think he's he's screwed up royal oh yeah and what do they do they send her to kind of like try to like try to cover and she doesn't even try to cover yeah. she's like oh i don't know if it was right or wrong well, I know you need to do what you're talking. I can't tell if it was two years apart. All I can tell is that <laughs> all I can say is that this is what Alberta should be doing, and everybody yeah. has to know the rules. And my job is to make sure people know the rules. And yeah. I can't say anything about whether or not they were breaking the rules because yeah. that's not my job. It's like, but you said that about plenty of other groupings. So you're basically just playing the lawyer and saying, well, hypothetically, they could be doing wrong, but it's not evidently clear that they were doing wrong. It's like, yeah, this is just twisting the words and twisting the meaning to try and get your point across. It's not helping anybody. Yeah, I... And it's really just exposing that government elitism and the government establishment is the only group that's really isn't held liable by any of these rules. Yeah. And that's truly and... disgusting. Yeah, I remember, th I remember there was... Um... When I used to work in childcare, I used to work in the childcare center, and we had a rule like you know the kids had to ask permission before they were allowed to go to the bathroom, and you know we had to make a decision what if it's a little kid they have to go with, you know like an, an older kid or something like that because there, there was like a lot it's like this is like a uh, a big building and so I mean you know we don't know who could be in there so we got to make sure that the kids are safe and all that. But right. what was happening is that a lot of the kids were were like leaving without asking. And, you know, like, and, and so we were just kind of like, you know, we were turning a blind eye. Eventually, a lot of the kids started asking, like, you know, like, because they were, they were getting in trouble for leaving without asking when we catch them. And they're like, well, what about those other kids? We, you know, we know you saw them leave. And yeah, we like, instead of like, the kids were right. And me and some other leaders are like, yeah, we screwed up. We're, we're, we're kind of like not, not being consistent. And we're telling the kids that they have to do this, but we're not being consistent. And we all have we had we had a big meeting, all the leaders and, and the supervisors and all that and director. And we basically said, like, yeah, like we, we we've been screwing up. If we're gonna make mm. this this rule needs to happen because it's for the kids' protection. But if we can't, if we're not making sure that we're enforcing this properly with every single kid and not turning a blind eye when some kid tries to like kind of like sneak out or something like that, we can't enforce this. And sure enough, we have to make a very, very concerted effort that we're going to be consistent with every kid. I mean, these are kids in elementary school. They're smart enough to know when, you know, there's BS in the air. I mean, <laughs> and, and we recognize that, like, we have to, like, you know, like, okay, we have to be consistent. Otherwise, kids aren't going to listen. And they shouldn't because we, we need to be consistent. 
But this is like elementary kids can get this. And, and here's Hinshaw treating people, all burdens, smart. Many of them way smarter than she is. I hate to say it. Like there's a ton of people in this province who are way smarter and way wiser than she is. And she's treating them like children. Yeah. She's talking down to them like, you just don't understand. You're not smart enough to understand. And this is not your depth of my, of my brain. <laughs> my brain is huge. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's the problem. They're treating people like children. They shouldn't. Treat us like adults and we'll start, like, you know, maybe. We'll start maybe respecting you, you like adults. Like some, some respect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody, yeah, like, the amount of respect, especially among conservatives, for Jason Kenney has plummeted substantially. Oh, gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to my dad the other day, and I'm like, yeah, like, there's probably going to be an election coming up pretty soon. And I'm like, I'm not going to vote for the UCP. And he's like, well, that's just a vote for the NDP. And I'm like, well, yeah, but the UCP are screwed. Either way you look at it, like they have doomed this province. And yeah, the NDP would probably be a little worse, but like things are really, really bad here in Alberta. And the UCP didn't keep almost any of their promises. The only promise that I can really note that they did keep was the carbon tax. And now... Essentially, the feds have said that resisting against the federal carbon tax is illegal. So it's like, well, that one promise you that one promise you did make and you did keep ended up being nothing. Yeah. And so your accomplishments are basically nil. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to vote for NDP. Like there no. are other parties. And and there are other parties that, that are Definitely worth of your your vote. Here's the thing: you can't re- you can't reward a government this irresponsible and, and this, this corrupt, uh, abusive, and this like corrupt by by giving them again another chance to be po- popular. I mean, if I vote for like let's say the Wild Rose Party, what I'm doing, and a lot of other Albertans would be doing sending a message is they're giving an alternative party an alternative party. Hey. We want real choice in this province. We're willing to support a party that's willing to be like, you know, a, a reasonable opposition to this party and hopefully get maybe like some better, better, like, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, accountability going forward. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like the NDP rule for another, another rule. The other possibility mm-hmm. that people don't think of is right now, yes, the NDP could, could rise back. But like also you could also get a minority government mm-hmm. with the conservatives. And as much as like, yeah, I'm not a, a big fan of that. That tells the conservatives, you better stinking like you know, like, get like your act smarten in line. up. Get yeah. your get your act in line because this, yeah, this government has lost all credibility. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you that's lost, exactly uh, how it's you lost the stream. Oh, yeah. No, I. That's because I'm not showing. It's not relevant anymore. Uh, okay, cool. Not talking about the uh, inner workings of a podcast. Be happy. <laughs> no, I, what, what I think I, you I, can... Are you saying I'm too stupid? Don't talk to me like a child. No, no. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is actually something that the conservatives should be doing. And what the conservatives should be doing at this point is they should put a measure forth that says we want to do a ranked ballot. What's that again? 
ranked ballot is exactly how the conservative leadership party went. So they have, it's like, okay, do you want to vote for the UCP, the Wild Rose, the NDP, the whatever party? And put them all together and say, okay, I want to vote for this party first, and then this party second, and then this party third, or whatever. And then if your first ballot, like, say, it comes down to it, and the UCP are top tier, the NDP are top tier, the UCP are second tier, and the Wild Rose are third tier. The Wild Rose gets eliminated, everybody who had voted for the Wild Rose and has their UCP as their second ballot, all their votes go to the UCP. Mm-hmm. That would not only confirm the fact that the NDP would not get elected, but it would also make sure that the UCP get a clear and solid message saying, you messed up. And we don't want you there. We want another party to replace you, but we're also terrified of what would replace you if the NDP were the ones to do it. We want to make sure that you are replaced, that you are taken out of power, but we want to make sure that the party that replaces you is not the insane fringe lunatics of the new Democratic Party here in Alberta. Yeah. So that is how you save Alberta. Mm-hmm. And then once you have the Wild Rose Independent Party uh, rise to prominence and rise to power, and then you have them join the United States. Ah! Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I know. America. Um, <laughs> but, well, one last thing I, I, I should say. I, I haven't had a chance to look into this, but I know that, like, Ezra Levant, and there's been some other uh, conservative podcasters I've, I've been listening to, a lot of them seem to have this, the impression that, and I mean, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to make sure I, I say I don't know. I don't know if any of this is true. I, I'm, I'm just kind of. This is all speculation. But I've heard enough people say that I'm curious enough to kind of be like, hmm, okay, I'm gonna keep an eye on that and maybe look into it a little bit more. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation that Kenny is either, uh, like, some people are speculating that he's being blackmailed. Something's going on, and we don't know what it is, but like that he's being blackmailed. Some other people, including Astro Levant, are saying that he's intentionally trying to lose, like he's been paid off or something like that. And I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't true. But it it's seems odd. like Kenny has flipped. Like he, like what he said when he first came to like the the, the power is the opposite of what he's doing. Yeah. And so there's been a very odd switch between what he was at the beginning to what he is now. And so I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something to these stories. Maybe there isn't. I mean, Stephen and I have been accused of being like conspiracy theorists since the beginning of this whole thing. Ooh. But we, we also recognize that like some conspiracies, like have some are show. legit, some aren't. You know, you have to, yeah. I mean, you never know. Don't trust but verify. So I'm legitimately not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about this because it does seem like a weird departure for a yeah. premier that was originally so pro, like almost like almost. Almost a point of anti lock. Well, yeah, like he was very yeah. anti lockdown in last summer. He was like, "We're proud of yeah, being the, the province that have locked down the least and affected our jobs, and we want to yeah. make sure that, like, if we lock down again, that like we're respecting like lives and livelihoods." And up until November twenty fourth, Alberta was mm-hmm. pretty reasonable. Like, yeah, we okay. had local mask mandates, but aside from that, there was base, and you couldn't go to like mass gatherings. But that was it. Mm-hmm. That was the only things that were restricted, which, of course, compared to Ontario, Manitoba, or Quebec, was really, really tame. 
And businesses yeah. in Alberta were actually doing quite well. Yeah. And then November, December hits, and then Alberta went to the crapper. So, like, it was basically like you had taken a bunch of Mexican food and had to run there. <laughs> it was just like, okay, it's, it's all just going to go... And that was a horrible yep. image that I put in all of your minds, and you are all eternally grateful. <laughs> well, thank you, Stephen. We really appreciate that. I'm sure it's you terrible. do. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the problem is that, yeah, it's something happened in November. Because we went from being like the province with the best outcomes to literally being the province with the worst. With Remember the worst that, that, that study we looked at last Yeah, last, 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 last Thursday. Yeah, they, they ranked somebody... somebody yeah, somebody ranked all the provinces, and Alberta was last. And like, like combined with all, all, all three of the, the the measurements, Alberta was worse. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, we went from the best one to the worst one in a matter Record of time. months. And yeah. so, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, okay. So, well, Stephen, that's gonna wrap it up for the one hundred episodes. episodes. I know that's great. So. For those who have stuck with us, who have continued watching and listening, especially if you've been watching even from episode one, which I think there's only been like two or three people who've been watching from episode one, namely our biggest supporter by the name of Shelly, and we can thank you for hey, her Shelley. continued encouragement and support throughout this entire time. We love you very, very much. Um, You're the best, girl. Everybody else that we have to thank and support, everybody that has contributed to our live stream, uh, anybody that has been interviewed by us, um, anybody that we've met on the street that's been supportive, that's been encouraging, and... Street walkers. No. Oh, wait, that no. has a different meaning, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this went down a dark path. Very, very quickly. Said it, I'm like... <laughs> you said it and instantly regretted it. something else, and like, oh, crap. Yeah, I was like, oh, crap. That, yeah, sorry about yeah. that. But if you are new to our channel, you can support us in a multitude of ways. If you are on YouTube or BitChute, you can, of course, like, share, comment, subscribe, the whole shebang. If you're on Facebook, you can give us a nice review. That'd be fantastic. Also, if you are on any of our podcast platforms, you can download, share with your friends. And, of course, our newest service that we just recently joined yesterday... And I intend to put on only the spiciest of content is TikTok. Which is interesting. And I know that I had basically sworn that I would never join TikTok, but now that I have. And <laughs> the spicy memes get the interesting comebacks and the interesting comments. And I think I'll might I might even have Danny download TikTok and he can upload some stuff of his own. I don't know, like, you know, getting, like, uh, China in my phone, looking at my every <laughs> move and all that. I'm not sure if I'm into that, you know? Uh, look, isn't TikTok see. now owned by the States? I don't know. I, I, I haven't thought, looked into it, but I remember, I like, thought that TikTok was, like, bought out by the American government. Was it? Yeah, I'm fairly certain it was okay. bought out by the if American government. If that is the case, I... I yeah, if, that, if that's the case, I, that's news to me. Because I remember, like, like last like Oh, yeah, last year, year, last year was a big about, thing. Like, how... Yeah, like TikTok was basically like, basically like you know a a covert way of the Chinese government, you know, getting data from all these like you know all these people and all that stuff. So, 
that's why I never got it. Like initially, I was like, that seems like really sketchy. I don't know if I want to be part of that. So if it changed, that's great. I, I would be totally down, totally down with that. TikTok bot. I'm quickly Googling this. TikTok bot. <laughs> um, on September, uh, it made an agree. Trump agrees to TikTok deal with Oracle and Walmart. So, who knows? That means it's now American-owned? I think it's partially American-owned, yes. Hmm. And Oracle... That'd be good. I know that I've seen Oracle somewhere else, but I forget exactly where they're, what else they do. They also are involved in, like, tech security stuff. So, who knows? <laughs> so, we're on there. I always recommend it's the people... It's been, like, one day. Just... Be careful. Yeah. Just be just careful, careful what you like, do. You know, like, know your... Do your, like we always like we always say do your research don't just take our word for it like you know you know if it's if it's uh you know if it's safe that's awesome we, we hope it's safe and we hope that uh, i mean th- i mean here's the thing i and i still find this hard to believe i don't know like steven you i'm sure you've heard of this like apparently like no young kids are on facebook that just seems odd to me i'm like really that's a thing you know that that apparently all of them are snapchat and are on tiktok yep, ins- so i'm like snapchat oh, instagram okay. and tiktok that's like the yeah the gen whatever it is now. I the new generation. Yep, the new the generation. Young, young young kids, mm-hmm. of which we are not a part because young, he is old and I am married. <laughs> so <laughs> to final to finalize things tonight. Apples the oranges, bro. Come on. I know. I know. I'm just encouraging that's, you. To that's almost out. like a double insult in one <laughs> in one statement. The double insult. It's like it's like he's old and he's also and not I'm, married. I'm like, wow, old, thanks, yeah. thanks, bro. But Appreciate every time that. we go out, I'm like, Danny's single. <laughs> yeah, which sounds great, and and unless he just makes a, a conversation extremely awkward. Thanks a lot. Have you met Danny? Yeah. <laughs> See, that would have been better. That would have been way better. Than but you were already in the middle of a conversation like, with like her. Like, we're already dodging. I was already in the conversation with her. And, like, you know, she was, like, already, like, you know, seems like a really awesome girl. And I was like, you and Shirley were like, oh, he's single. Did you know he's single? And I'm like, ah, Like, yeah, I was already smooth. I was already, like, you know, oh, what do you call yeah. it? Um, uh, I was at the sw- swagger and all that kind of stuff. And you ruined it. Way to go. Jeez. I do what I can. Although to be fair, I have no idea. Yeah, that's right. Although to be fair, I had no idea what like how old that girl was. Oh yeah, I just that's true. She was like, you know, like uh, whatever. Moving <laughs> on. Outside of the like realm of potential pedophilia. So, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. What? And always Gosh. remember that here at the Half Blind Hackers, we may be blind, but we can still see the truth. I hope Danny feels better, and I hope you all have a great oh, weekend. God bless everybody. We're out.